Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a flexible, well-paid career in the sector, as well as employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In today's session, we're talking about exploring your potential and what it's like to work in a digital transformation management role that sits at the pivotal junction between the organisation and a digital delivery team. We're going to take an inside look at project management and what project management means on a digital project. So I'm delighted to have Amanda Beard-Nielsen join me today. Um, she has worked as a project manager within end customers and consultancies to help spearhead digital transformation projects. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. How are you doing? Good, thank you. It's brilliant to have you here. I've always in, been in quite admiration because you've always seemed to have these such exciting roles and different job titles. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to know what she does in all these roles. <laughs> so, Amanda, it's that chance for you to tell me today, you know, what is it like being a project manager? What's been your journey in this digital transformation space? It's certainly great to see how many great brands that you've worked for. Um, and I'm sure you've got loads of top tips to tell our listeners today. So, tell us about your journey. You know, how do did you get involved in project management and where did it start? Thanks Heather. I suppose let's start off with, with my journey and, and for me within the whole Salesforce space in particular I became one of these accidental admins when I decided that um, Salesforce was going to be the solution for the company I was working at and from then I sort of became the analyst stroke project manager and then the accidental admin when we actually implemented it. That gave me this thirst for IT as a whole and I moved into IT for that business and then went on to contracting And I found quickly that I wasn't really the person that sits behind the screen and types away and builds things. I was much more the chatty person like we're doing today and realizing that actually my my organizational traits were much more relatable towards the likes of project management and getting things into process, getting things organized and getting things delivered as well. And I suppose those, those natural traits of mine led me into this sort of path. So when I took a real hard look at my career and where I wanted to move forward with back in 2012, it was Salesforce and it was project management that I wanted to really focus on. And that's how I got the role within my first consultancy to really start honing those skills and and to sort of move forward with my career. So it was a little bit of understanding your own instincts and I suppose the luck of the of the business as well, and just sort of having a go, and that's how uh, and that's how I got into project management. Full stop. Awesome, thank you. So I look forward to hearing about some of those traits in a minute. So, in terms of project management, it seems like it can be packaged in quite a lot of different ways. So you've had various job titles like a Salesforce manager, chief technology officer project manager and application change manager like what is the differences between these roles and how does project management sort of sit at its core I mean those roles are different I mean I'll give you a quick pricey of those those four actually so Salesforce manager that one um, that one actually was meant to be a Salesforce engineering manager but for my own prettiness and not actually liking the word engineering <laughs> <laughs> true I mean I, I thought it was a very male and and 
outdated word for actually the industry I worked in because Salesforce isn't so engineering hard code based because it can be configurative because it has all these different types of roles beside around it that actually helps to to build implementation I thought engineering was too harsh Mm. So I got rid of the word engineering from it and essentially I looked after a team of people and made sure that what they were delivering was what we needed to do. CTO as a chief technology officer, again, that was for a startup and effectively in that particular role, it was again about delivery, looking at what the problems are, what are the solutions and how do we get those to be delivered project manager as we are talking about now here we are but the real essence of that role and that's about delivery and application change manager was a role that uh well a job title that i made up while standing on the platform of london bridge (laughs) (laughs) as you do sounds good (laughs) essentially i uh I took two jobs. One was a delivery manager for the new Salesforce system that this company had got, mm-hmm. and also to look after the, all the systems, be head of business systems. And my director at the time suddenly decided that he wanted the word change in the title. <laughs> and so whilst literally thinking about the word, the title on, on the platform came up with this. I mean, I should have, hindsight is a wonderful thing, and I should have actually stepped back a little bit more and, and given myself time and maybe said head of application change or application change director or something like that, a bit more, <laughs> more fancy, whether, whether I got away with it, but never mind. Ultimately, with all of these different job titles, and a job title is just a job title at the end of the day, is what you do and what you, what you actually deliver. And it is about delivery. It's about leading a project, and it's, del- and it's about leading people to then give something over and to deliver a product which then can be used by end users, customers, etc., and in a way that they're going to be happy about it. And that's the essence. So sometimes it doesn't really matter what title is. You're just, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. You're still managing people and managing an outcome of a technology Absolutely. solution. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I suppose one of the things that's also really interesting for people um, is, you know, what's the difference of being on a project, being a project manager in a consultancy versus an end customer? So a consultancy for the benefit of listeners is where you would be a technology consultancy and you'll be delivering a solution to a customer, um, whereas an end customer will be um, where you'll be enabling and implementing the product and you could be an in-house project manager. And you've been lucky enough to be on both sides of the table, haven't you, Amanda? That's very true. And I would also kind of answer that with it depends on the type of consultancy you work for and also the type of end customer <laughs> that you work for as well I think uh, if you're on the consultancy side you could have this sort of a shiny opinion that on the end customer it might be a bit of an easier job but the reality is that it may not be similarly on the end customer side you might think well consultancy again is that an easier role so in consultancy as a project manager I certainly didn't have the luxury of some of my other colleagues who would maybe work on just one project because they were on it full time and delivering and and configuring, etc. I was often on multiple projects at a time, so much so that it got so busy, I'd often have to walk into a meeting, look at the people and go, oh, yes, that project. Yes, I remember now what's going on. And, and quickly have to bring myself up to speed or where we were in that, in that phase of uh, delivery. Mm-hmm. So consultancy, you could have multiple things happening at the same time, and, but then walk away. At the end of it, you literally deliver, thanks very much, walk away. Mm-hmm. With an end customer, and depending on the, the busyness and, and the, the implementation cycle of that customer as well, you could have a just maybe work on one project or you could be on multiple projects. And you may not have any downtime as well because you might finish something and then you're moving on to another project again. Or you might stay with them because those customers 
are also your colleagues and therefore you're always interacting with them. You also may know the business loads more because you're inside and in the weeds of that business than maybe a consultancy coming in, just going, right, tell me about this. Okay, can we do this, this and this? Okay, great, let's deliver. So an end user might be much more long-term cycle with with the project that you might be delivering, whereas consultancy may be shorter bursts. Mm, yeah it's interesting isn't it and I think it for me I have always worked on the consultancy side and I think that lends itself to my personality a bit because I'm, I like you know we're learning all these different products every client has different requirements like you like you say you finish one you move on to the next yeah and I, I, I tend to you know we've I've hired people with that view as well because you need to multitask don't you? you need to remember and thrive on that level of diversity <laughs> I don't say it in a nice way <laughs> absolutely because I don't I I mean depends as I say what scale of consultancy you work in if you're working with the corporates of the world it might be that you're one project manager on one project um I think it depends whereas as you go down the level of clients you work on on that diversity so if you're like thrive on deadlines and um, doing multitasking and things and I think a consultancy is a great environment isn't it whereas an end customer I think you're right absolutely you can have different products um, and different departments that you're rolling Salesforce out so it could be a great opportunity and but it gives you more of the chance to kind of really get hands-on doesn't it a bit more I think because you tend to be full-time being yeah. involved in all the business analysis and stuff so I think it's quite a different experience isn't it well you also you really do bond with those end users uh, and bonding in, in a nice way and also bonding because you really feel their pain points as well and and at the end of the project where you think you were at the end of the project it isn't the end it's just into a different phase because then you're going to the day-to-day element of I this end user is now living with it and, and what are the next phases that are coming through what are the other new, new things they're finding and so it just sort of keeps going and keeps going so a consultancy could have a real defined start and end of a project whereas end customers could be just phases or just sort of just keep murmuring on really yeah and I'll throw, I'll throw another job title in there we've had super mom alumni go into like system manager roles so a system mm-hmm. manager role is effectively like a quasi project manager stroke salesforce admin so they they're project mm-hmm. managing stuff but they're also getting their hands dirty with the system doing admin stuff too so when if you're an end customer like you say you could be there forever <laughs> for as long as you want to be absolutely then helping them manage and maintain the system long term aren't they so i think you know if you've got that personality of really getting under the hood and, and you know really supporting a team um and feeling part of that organizational transformation um then working in end customer is a great place to be isn't it it's i think sometimes there's less time well there's less time pressure in some ways because ten, if you work internally you're not necessarily bound by how many hours have you done on the clock whereas mm. with a project in a consultancy environment everything's time is money sort of piece as well so there's a different kind of aptitude there and I suppose that leads me on to a bit about what is your view on agile versus waterfall? Because, you know, that's how a lot of projects are managed in, in I would say, more agile than waterfall. But have you sort of seen both deployed on projects you've worked on before? And how would you explain the difference to people? Okay, so I'll explain quickly what agile is and also waterfall. But I also want to bring a third term, which is uh, agile fall or even water gile. So we're kind mm-hmm. of this blend, which, <laughs> which I think I, I bring more into when I, when I deliver projects. Mm-hmm. So first of all, agile is 
turning around with, with a business or your customer and going, right, I want you to focus and tell me what is your uh, feature that we want to work on. We will go into work on that feature for the next X amount of weeks, usually about two weeks. We will then during that time show you something. And if it's looking good, great. With the idea that come the end of those, that two week cycle, you've got something that is considered as a shippable product. And that's a bit of a nice little, nice little term, but it's something that hopefully you might be able to put into your production or which some users may be able to start using or you've hidden away so that you know that you've delivered that and you can move on. During that little cycle of two weeks, you've built something, you've shown something, you've tested something, maybe even delivered a tiny bit of training of like, hey, new feature, okay, get you get it, great, now you can use it, fabulous. Waterfall is very much the traditional style of delivering projects and often was set up in the ideas of larger projects, government projects, where they would start off back in the millennia and, and say, we want to do this, we want to change a system, okay, we'll capture all the requirements we might possibly want and need. We then would go away as a delivery team and and build on something and never show the client anything ever. And they'll write to the end of the project going, ta-da, of which the client's moved on and gone, I don't want this. This is wrong. And this is why Waterfall would fail because there wasn't these regular check-in points with customers mm. to go, look, is this what you want? Is this okay? Are we doing this okay? Actually, oh, you've got change of priorities. Okay, well, we can, we can shuffle that around. We can, we can put this in now instead of that. So this is why Agile's really now come into place. Now, I've talked about this idea of Agile Fall or, or, um, or Water Gile, <laughs> and it's a little blend of both because I find with larger projects, when you talk about Agile, I like to blend it both because at the beginning, I really want to get a bit of an overview, a more deeper overview than just literally what's that one feature, and this is a bit of waterfall coming in. So first of all, I really want to know what's going on, where's the future, how does everything connect with everything, and, and then... Once we've got that, that real sort of big overview, I then start breaking it up into the agile piece where we then go, right, we're going to start working on this feature. Great. Let's work on that feature. Let's show you that stuff. Let's, uh, let's maybe do a little bit of testing. Can I put it into production yet? Maybe I can't. So we do agile, 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 all the actual delivery, the build side of things. Mm. Now, because of the larger pieces of work, sometimes you've got a lot of people that you need to get on board. So you then may have to go into a big UAT testing feature. So that's really where you get that use end user acceptance, that customer acceptance. Now you may have done testing all the way through because you've done the smaller features. That's great. So then you get to the real end-to-end -end feature piece here. Like, does everything work? Does everything come together? Does the customer accept what we've built? And then you have to think about training everybody because not everyone is going to do user acceptance testing. Not everyone's seen this, pro this, this, this product. They may have seen screenshots. They may have had communications all the way through, which is a part of good project management to, to give that all the communication out there. But they may not have got their real hands dirty on it. So then you have to deliver training. So this is now back into the, the waterfall piece again, where you might do larger testing, larger delivery of, of training as well before then you think about going live if you're going to do like this big go live piece so again i think it also depends on the scale of the project and and also the the risk aptitude of the client as well if they're feeling quite happy to have a bit of risk they might be full on to agile and because their end users are going to adopt very quickly this new functionality if they're less risky and a bit risk averse then you might want to think about more of a, okay, let's go in a, a bit larger, let's have lots of training, let's make sure everyone's comfortable, and then we do a switch over onto new territory. So it really depends on the type of client, on how you might deliver it.
Oh, thanks, Amanda. No, that's a brilliant, brilliant summary. And I, I think you're right. Quite often, there can be a little bit of a, a mix um, between the two. And, you know, we so very much see that on, um, we work with charities a lot and um, mm. from a consultant point of view. And, you know, the, the way they want the trustees to sign off on something, but they're like, well, we're yeah. just signing off on budget and time, but we don't have any clarity about what we're going to get. <laughs> you know, and the, for the trustees, that's really scary. So quite often we say, well, look, we'll do the business analysis first pay for that first chunk um, of work and then we can map out everything you need and then it sort of moves into a bit of a waterfall so that doesn't happen all the time don't get me wrong but it it's something that we'll see and you know I think you've just got to agree the best approach haven't you with the client but it's, it's certainly two techniques that are worth getting more familiar with and um, agile feels more the norm but you've really got to be confident and sort of confident in what it's what it is in order to then implement it in the workplace because it does require quite a lot of boldness I think with agile because you're Mm. you're basically having to say to people look you're not going to get everything you want you know we've got a fixed budget and fixed time and we've got to prioritize so from your experience what do you think take it takes for you like a really good project manager what do you think are the key skills and attributes knowledge that you possess do you think or that you've seen perhaps in other people Well, I think also what helps to underpin like these delivery processes, whether it be agile or waterfall, is dare I say it, a little bit of Prince too. Now, this is <laughs> this is uh, project delivery methodology, and yes, I did Prince too. God, you know what? Ten years ago now, <laughs> and when you when you study Prince too, they turn around and go, uh, "You will never use all of it," and that's absolutely correct. And you should never use all of it in one project because then you would never deliver anything. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly. I, I, I haven't done this document yet. Oh my god! Seriously, no. But the basics of of Prince Two actually can really help with governance of a project. And I think there's an element here of being a good project manager is understanding the governance, and that is the idea of you know when do you start things, when do you stop things, when do you have the balls to stop things? Sometimes, when do you need to have sign off on something? When do you need to have that client engagement? When do you need their time and and get all that organisation element? So those skills are about communicating and being organised as well, thinking ahead and, and seeing ahead as well. It's also about having understanding of this whole change cycle. Now, change cycle is a bit like the grief cycle as well. I used to talk about it when I when mm. I do conference talks and how when you deliver a project, people go through change and they go through this grief thing of like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. I know I don't know whether I want this. And <laughs> they go through all the different stages. And and so you as a project manager, as this leader, you cannot go through the same cycle with them and go down to the depths of despair when you just go, oh my God, it's all failing. And <laughs> so it's true. never going to it is. It is. What you have to remember is that, okay, one, you are going to go on that cycle yourself. I absolutely guarantee it. You will hit a point in the project where you just go, oh God. It happens every time. But what you mustn't do is drop down as low as the client. You must stay higher because you're the one who's got to bring them back through and go, it's going to be okay. We now have to focus on this. We need to make a decision on that. You have to tell me whether you want this or that. And we're going to get through this. I promise you it's going to be better because you have to drag them through it. 
because there are going to be tough times with every project. There is no perfect project, I, I guarantee you. And if, there, if you think you're on a perfect project, you just haven't hit the wall yet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm going to share that with my team. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's true. And, and I've had so many people over the years turn around and go, why do you do this job? You know, oh my God, this is hell. It's not, it's not an easy job. <laughs> it's not. It's not an easy job. But... But I seem to be reasonably good at it. I don't know. I just put myself into these tricky situations whereby, you know, you, you know that something's going to come. So you, you've got to be prepared. So be mm. organized, be prepared, know that projects will, will, will dip and, and be ready to bring them out and, and identify that. And also those people on your project with you are not going to dip at the same time, which is really handy because you've got one dipping and one's really high and one's really low and the next person that person was really high then dipped like oh I thought you were with me I thought you were okay no fail ah you know so it's understanding the people it's understanding where they are in that whole change cycle mm. and making sure that they're okay that you can support them to get them through to that next stage because everyone's going to go through it and it's about I suppose the knowledge then of, of looking after those people and it's, it's being able to talk to people and, and take them to a side and go, you okay? Because I don't think you're okay and I want to be able to help you and you need that support <laughs> right now. And you've got to read people. You really have to. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's... Well as- and you don't get taught that right in the project management no. training. So for me, when I had like, when I was starting out and had that project, I was like, I just don't know how to manage these people. Because I, I had a real stickler in a workshop amongst a whole other exec. The other execs were like on it, but this guy kept hijacking it and bringing everybody down because he was so mm. negative about the whole thing. Yeah. And so it was a change management training course that I did. And also, I've you know, having trained as a coach as well, I was like, it's these skills you need. So I think they're really good complementary skills to have aren't they to know how to manage people actually not just manage projects in terms of documents and everything else which is kind of what you get taught project management you should be taught more people stuff but I don't think you do as much it depends which qualification you do I suppose yeah, I totally agree. I mean, certainly likes of likes of Prince too. It's absolutely get your documents in line, and, and you're a complete robot when it comes to it. Now, and I need to do my change log now, and I need to do my uh, <laughs> yeah. my communication log. Like, oh my god, talk to people. You know, come on. <laughs> Where is your rapport? Build it. Come on, yeah. be there. This idea of soft skills, which are which are project management, which is really really fundamental. These soft skills are not soft. Mm. They're not soft at all. They're really tough skills yeah 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 i like that i like that too um i've got a couple of questions or one maybe one reflection for those mums listening um so i guess if you're really good at organizing your kids and your family um you might might be good at doing it at work but like kind of like timetabling organizing who's doing what you know having everything to a t and you know just also being really good with the kids or people around you as well i think that they're really good transferable skills aren't they to come into this project role yeah Um, the other thing that people might be wondering, and, and certainly I'd like your view on this, that if you were going to step into a project manager role within the Salesforce world, or indeed perhaps another technology, if you kind of go to the other side, do you think they need to understand the product? Like, has it helped you being a Salesforce administrator to be a good project manager in the technology world? Would you recommend that? I, I personally would, because having the knowledge of the product and working for, with the product now for over 13 years, so I've, I've seen lots and lots of different ways that Salesforce can be used with lots of different clients, it, it gives me gravitas, certainly when you're leading a, a project, because I have had to stand up against architects who think they know the world, and you just go, that's going to fail. 
you, you cannot do this. You know, why have you got this? Why are you doing that? Why are we not sticking to something like Spinelia? Why are you over-engineering this piece? And, you know, I, I have the absolute confidence to turn around to these people and go, you know, you, you, this is not, you've not thought this through. This is not going to work. And, and stand up and stand up for myself because, and I'm not just standing up for myself either. I'm standing up for the project. I'm standing up for the client. I'm standing up for the delivery mm. of turning around and just challenging what is being suggested here and mm. having that knowledge and, and really delving into the product that you're interested in. And, and that's the thing as well. I was genuinely interested about Salesforce. I genuinely wanted to, to, to really learn about it and, and continue to do so as well. That knowledge that I keep building just gives me more more firepower i suppose to turn around and go i think we should look at this i think we should look at that you know i think when it comes to also prioritization mm. when you've got clients going i really want to do this next you're like this is that's great i like that however we need to build some foundation pieces here we need to build this this and this before we can get to that point is that okay with you because believe me i can't do it the other way take <laughs> really authority and i think yeah. You know, yeah it is yeah it gives you that confidence and authority and do you think to, to have that level of confidence, do you think you need to be hands-on? Is it worth being an admin almost on a project first before you, so you can sort of really get to grips with the product as opposed to just understanding more theoretically? Like how hands-on do you think you need to be before I mean, you I'm, feel that confident? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was an admin for a very short time in the big scheme of things compared to then moving into much more sort of analysis and, and project management side of things. And that was just my personal path. Mm. I've known people who have, have been admins for much longer and have much deeper knowledge of the, of the product because of it. I've got much wider, maybe less deep knowledge because of all the different types of projects I've been on. Knowledge full stop is great. Having admin knowledge, at least, again, you get, helps you challenge as well. And again, the amount of times where people go, no, you don't need to do that. Like, no, fundamentally, you cannot do that with this and blah, blah, whatever. And it's my, it's my deep admin knowledge of knowing about profiles and permission sets and what sort of little nitty gritty stuff and, mm. and the joys of OWD, organization-wide defaults, where you just have an argument with it going, no, it will not work, stop it. So, yes, I think having admin is good, being hands-on. I mean, I'm not hands-on now. I, mean, I, I can't do my job really if I was too hands-on because I'm getting way too much into the weeds there. And some of the arguments I have are, are very weedy at times, but I can be most of the time really high level and then drop down to almost like field level and go, why are you telling me about that? Why, why are you doing that? What's going on here? Mm. So but most of the time as a project manager, you need to be high level. You need to keep the game moving forward. Otherwise, you're going to become the blocker and you're not setting up the next, the next pegs in the, in the show to go, really. So you've, you've got to keep going. Mm. Another, I'll ask another question then. What would be a, sort of a typical day for somebody? Do, would you normally, in the, your approach, do sort of daily stand-ups and workshops? Have you worked virtually project management versus in-office project management? Have you got a preference or kind of thoughts on that? You know, I, I think it might be good to just paint a picture with somebody like what a normal day might look like. <laughs> no normal day is normal um, <laughs> most of the time and especially when you get to program level like like I do as well you would often have a morning worth of stand-ups potentially because you're joining <laughs> lots of different types of teams and they're going I'm talking about this first I'm talking about that first I'm talking about this okay great so yes you'll have stand-ups then there might be other meetings that you've got to join just to make sure that might be management meetings. You know, have we got this? Have we got the budget for that? Are we moving this forward, continuously moving forward? That's always about the, the, the aim of the game. Yes, there are workshops. Now, in our beautiful virtual world that we now live in, 
everything's a bit more virtual but back in the days it used to be very much bring everyone together so you needed that organizational piece to first of all to go on this date i need to have x y and z people in this room and we're going to do a workshop and we're going to be looking at these elements here Mm. and workshops could last all day potentially and over course of a week or even two weeks whereby you churn through different types of departments and people and find out you know what do you do now what are your pain points what, what are critical how do we move forward you know what, what, what in order to find out what is now and on what the 2b aspect as well and define that mm. now we're doing a lot of our world on on zoom and, uh, yeah. and so doing those workshops in certainly those sizes that we used to do them in in offices i think now have shrunk much more one-to-one sitting is is easier because you can get that conversation going better groups potentially might be a bit smaller now on zoom so that you make make sure that you can get everyone heard and you can also check their body language because in a room you can see body language much easier someone's like Mm. starting to fold their arms or disengage you can see it a lot easier in a room Mm. to know that there's a problem here hang on you're not so you're not so sure (laughs) reading the emails instead of not listening to you exactly exactly (laughs) so you know in a room a physical environment you've you've got more control i suppose of that Mm. when it comes to virtual it's difficult and and also we're getting this fatigue now and this exhaustion of this virtual life that we're we're living we we do actually work better with with genuine and and physical human kind of contact so you know Mm. what we we do with what we can you know and and it is still possible and you still can get really valuable information from a virtual environment and um and i think going forward the blend would still be there i think it's still really valuable Mm, interesting and what you mentioned about workshops and kind of listening to people and gathering requirements is that with a hat on that the project manager in that sort of role would also do business analysis or would they be sitting in with a business analyst like have you sort of taken a done both jobs as well in the same sitting I mean, that you can do right <laughs> exactly i mean that's often the case whereby uh, a project manager might lead that session and if mm. they know if they know enough about the subject as well then they really can lead that session because they can go right i know about the different types of objects i need to take them down over the journey that we need to go through let's 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 walk that customer through that and then there might be an analyst in the room who's literally taking notes and making sure we've captured everything now, of yeah. course, with, with virtual, you can you could record the session. It's much easier. And then you can start um, writing all that up. And then the, the BA can then sit there and, and capture them and turn them into user stories. The PM generally might ask the, 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 uh, the BA to actually run that session and also just ask all those questions and capture all those notes if they want to. And with the PM just making sure that, you know, have we got enough time here? Oh no, let's car park, let's put that in a car park lot because that's a different subject area. Making sure people stay on track, whether time or even subject areas that they're covering as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these things are, are important to, uh, to make sure that, that that goes along the line. And I think it really depends on on the the knowledge of both parties and the experience of both parties, who's ever in physically in that room, whether it be virtual room or physical room, and how you want to play. So, and again, with the, with a the project manager, you wear lots of hats, so be prepared to wear them. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. So, um, we'll be talking about business analysts on the next podcast show. So, we'll do a bit more of a deep dive into what that means on on that session. So, just to wrap up, then I guess that part of the 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 conversation what advice would you give someone then looking to follow in your footsteps where would they start you know if they're sort of thinking well I've done project management before 
I think I like those skill sets. Like I feel strong. I feel like a strong communicator, I think is the way of putting it, that you can, <laughs> you can say no to people, that you can stand up to people and that you can carry people through the lows. <laughs> I think that's a good synopsis of some of the communication skills as well as getting everybody excited and happy. Um, yeah. You know, where would, if people kind of like that vision of their career path, what, what sort of, what path would you recommend they start on? I suppose one question, one thought was, don't follow my footsteps, create your own, go create your own path because everyone's path is different. Mm. And, you know, that classic question that used to be asked, thank goodness used to be asked at job interviews where they go, where do you see yourself in five years time? I could never answer that question. I didn't know what I was going to be doing a year's time. So I think for someone, anybody looking career change type of things is if there's an opportunity, why not take it? Because it might be great for a year and then you've, you've captured a load of experience and then you, you've gained something that you can move on to something else. I could never have told you what my path was going to be. I could never have said to you that one minute I was going to be an admin and then I was going to be a CTO the next. I never saw that. You know, for heaven's sake, my dad thought I was going to be a secretary for life. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't... <laughs> going to end up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You never know where you're going to end up and you never know where your next path is going to take you. So if you have those opportunities, then why not try it? And if you're in those roles and you have, maybe you, you identify a gap or you want to try something, then ask and say, look, can I give this a go? Can I go there? Be brave, be bold, try. Mm. And I think, you know, when I was, when I started out as a consultant, I mean, I thought, what's, you know, what's agile project management? I didn't know. And I'd looked at all these, well, there's lots of different types of agile project management and there's lots of different sort of qualifications. Do you do scrum um, or DSDM? And there's other ones as well. And you're like, okay, you know, what is it that people use? And I think it was really good to reach out and talk to people about, you know, what is their role? What qualifications did you do? You know, what does your, how does that work in the workplace now? Um, And so I encourage very much people as part of the Supermans community to reach out, find role models, you know, rack up attend user groups and just speak to people and learn about which is the best way to go. I would say that, you know, it's great. It it gives you confidence to get a project management qualification because I think then you know and understand what the the protocol is and then you can confidently communicate that to customers with that full confidence behind you. I think that's something I've really noticed Mm. in myself and my team who have hired, but it's just knowing which, you know, which training to do initially, isn't it? So, you know, three Supermums consultancy, we train people in project management now on agile project management, just because it gives them that additional thing to put on their CV. But talking about user groups, you've done loads of work, Amanda. I mean, it's great to see how much the London admin user group is always a sellout. Um, (laughs) And so if people want to rock up and, you know, attend the admin user group, be it virtual at the moment, but in in place, it's obviously a great place to potentially meet other people that have got project management skills, isn't it, I would say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've been part of that group now since late 2014 and I discovered it. I mean, I discovered, well, sorry, rewind a bit, Salesforce had groups whereby they would bring customers together and they did that, but it was all round table and it was a bit it was a bit stayed really. And it was a bit like, Oh, hello. Uh, my name is, it wasn't that sort of free flowing networking and they kind of binned it went, this isn't working. We'll bin it. And then they brought the community together to say, look, look, you, can you talk to amongst yourselves really and fix things? Well, yeah, okay, fine. And so um, the admin group came together end of uh, 2014 and I actually found it back in for the Christmas grouping when the admins and devs came together. And for me, 
it was a time when I was really unhappy with where I was at, um, sort of career-wise and also um, emotionally as well. And I really, really did think about, um, you know, changing things and, and moving forward. But going to those groups helped me realise that I had... I had knowledge and I had some really good value to give to customers or other people because of the advice I was giving and people asking me questions. And I realized that, you know, this, there was a place for me within the industry and I could really move forward with it. So actually being part of the admin community has been super, super valuable for me. And yeah, there are within the admin group, especially the London admin group as well, because we're a big, big community. There are lots of different people with lots of different hats. There are analysts there. There are uh, project managers there. There are deep admins there as well. There we've got admin elephants who are admins with a bit of dev on the side. There are pre devs as well that come and join us too. We've got mm-hmm. trainers and we've got testers. So everyone that will be part of that delivery sphere can find a place and they can find content and and networking opportunities in within London Admin Group in particular. So we, we cover a very wide section too. And I'm also part of the organisation team for London's Calling and we also cover an awful lot of subject areas within that as well. And usually a general subject is where topic areas like project management will come up or even sort of managing global teams and some of my sort of those those soft skills, remember those? Yeah, those those really tough, <laughs> the tough skills. Soft skills, <laughs> tough skills come out under the general mm-hmm. side of things because this is the stuff that that actually people don't learn or don't train about or don't don't figure out you have to really learn it by by experiencing it so uh, it's good to share all that stuff really because there are people out there who are on their journey who will benefit from someone like me turning around and telling these all these war wound stories like don't do this it'll be really good if you do that and, and this is how to move forward with stuff so um you know it can help with career yeah no absolutely I anyway mean, going back to I think your little nugget like it's good to talk you know, and I think it's it's really helped me in my role talk to people and understand that, you know, this is normal. Like, I think, you know, going back to that point where you said uh, you, you'll always go through a grief cycle on a project, you know, that's so good for people to know because I think people think, oh, I'm really rubbish at this or it's so tough. And yeah. I guess it's just being okay with that and being aware of it and knowing that it's always going to crop up, but it's how you, what resources you have to use to help you get up the other side, isn't it? Like coaching yourself through that process. And I think you know just going to these events or listening to the speakers and stuff is so great um to kind of just give you that confidence and get clarity on your career and which direction you want to go and um just learn from people isn't it really it's such a great event um so thank you for all you do (laughs) for organizing all these groups because it just helps people whether whether their own emotional kind of journey really and kind of figure out where they want to be so um i hope that it has been useful insight today um learning more about project management we've also got our career roles section on our website so you should find the url for that in the podcast notes if you want to read more about project management um, and you're welcome to ask any questions that you have within the Supermums facebook group as well so if you've got any questions or thoughts there'll be definitely project managers within the facebook group um, if you want to ask any more input um, as i say or any more input on those areas so thank you amanda for joining us and taking time out of your day it's been a real pleasure to have you on as a guest today thank you thank you for uh, inviting me 
You're welcome. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope again that has inspired you to think about a role in project management and whether you think it might suit you or not. Um, it's certainly very rewarding. Um, it's great if you love communicating and empowering people and helping people ride through that roller coaster emotional journey. Like it can be really rewarding to do that. So hopefully you feel positive about it and whether it's right for you. But bye for now and please do tune into our next show and um, for some more top tips. Speak to you all again soon. Take care. Bye.